Hi, my name is Jeff Redding. I'm a preaching elder here at Walton Community Church in Monroe, Georgia. Before we begin the sermon, our church would like to invite you to join us as we gather every Sunday morning for worship at 10 a.m. You can learn more about our church on our website at waltoncommunitychurch.org. Thanks for listening. Good morning, WCC. I have been gone for two weeks. I, I don't know the last time I've been away from church for two weeks. I, I, that's probably happened. Um, I can't think of a time that's ever happened. I, I don't say that to brag, okay? I say that with joy, without any guilt. Um, but it is good to see your, your all's faces. Um, a couple weeks ago, Amber got COVID. She's fine. She's safe. She had body aches and a couple of other symptoms. Um, after she got it, like two days later, then I got it. Completely asymptomatic and, and bored to tears. So I, I've been in my house with four children for over 20 days. Um, and I'm enjoying adults. We're going to be here for, this is a good 55-minute sermon today. I can feel it. Um, it's a joy to be with you all. We're in the Lord's Prayer again, if you'll open up to Matthew chapter 6. I've had extra time to prepare, but we're only going to be in one verse. Um, I'm a bit jealous of what the other elders can do. Um, Greg, you were in Galatians not long ago. Last week, we watched you online. Uh, George, you were in Philippians, and, and you guys open a passage, and I'm thinking, how in the world are you going to cover that all? And then you do it just seamlessly, uh, and I'm not able to do that in the Lord's Prayer, and, and I think there's... Um, a blessing that there's a difference between us, and there's passages where I won't just be focusing on a word or on a verse, but there's a lot loaded in today's verse, and I could not cover 11 and then, and then 12 and 13. Um, but let's read this short verse together. Matthew chapter 6, verse 11. Give us this day our daily bread. We've begun entering into this prayer on some sacred and beautiful ground. God has decided to allow us to pray to him. And not only that, his son has decided to teach his disciples how we are to approach our God. I said previously, we don't have in the Bible Jesus saying, and this is how you preach. And Jesus doesn't say, and this is how you cast out demons. You might disagree with me that there. Or this is how you perform miracles. But when it comes to prayer, he gathers his disciples and he teaches them how they are to pray. I'm repeating myself again because it's good for us to just review these things. You might be hearing this for the first time. There are, there's more than one way to pray. This is a beautiful formula. This is a great outline of things that you can do and bring up in your prayer to make it robust and, and well-rounded and, and more than just about what you're about to eat. You can include so many things in your prayer. And, and if Jesus is guiding us to pray in these things, well, then this, this tells us this is what's on God's heart for us to pray. But in the Psalms, we see in a large variety of different kinds of prayer, doxologies, Petitions, intercession, 
Uh, We even have prayers that are against enemies, imprecatory prayers. But here we have been going through the Lord's Prayer, and Jesus has been taking us through a very beautiful section of the prayer to hallow his name, that God's kingdom would come, that his will would be done. Saying these words is almost like saying something or singing something to God, and it's gliding against the, the wings of angels. I mean, to glorify God's name and to meditate and to think on his beauty and the greatness of him, how his name is everlasting and it is sure. It is a great foundation. It is to be hallowed. That's our desire, that the whole world would magnify his name. That his will would be done. That his, that his kingdom would be here on earth. But then we enter into a different room. Something shifts in the next petition, number four. Uh, we're asking for, for bread. And if I can be honest with you, this is something that I, I've struggled with because of my own pride. This is, a, this, is a, this is a part of the petition where, where I find in myself doubt, anger, frustration, embarrassment, entitlement. This is the part of the prayer where we begin now to lean not from heavenly things above, but our, our human needs. As a chaplain, I'm often in patients' rooms that are having the worst day of their life. They need to have an answer to what's causing the problem. They need more medication. They need more finances. They need another breath to enter their lungs just to make it. They need that one who's just passed away to come back so they can hug them. And in those moments, I've thought about needs. We are a needy people. Yeah, we are. I am a needy man. I say so often to patients who, who are trying to be positive about life, and that's good. That's good to be positive. You need to be positive. They're trying to hold on to their strength and see something, you know, as, as optimistically as they can. And I tell them, you know, I'm not, a ha- I'm not a guy who sees the glass half empty or half full. When I see that glass, I say, we're going to die. Uh, I'm, I'm not one of those that just... Doom and gloom. I like go to worst case scenario all the time. That's how my mind works. I need to make God bigger in that. And I tell these, these patients, these brothers and sisters, who are just trying to pick themselves off, I tell them, you know, I am a weak man. Uh, I rely on the gospel as a crutch. That, that, that good news is what holds me up. My faith, it holds me up. It keeps me from limping too severely to where I can't make it. My church family, that is a crutch. I lean on them because I am broken and I am insufficient on myself to be safe. My family, I lean on my family. The good book, God's word, I lean on it because I am a needy man. So I come to this verse in my sin and I think, Lord, why did you make us needy? 
That's, that's being honest with God. I, I recommend you don't, you don't mimic that of me. You might have that question right now. God, why, why do you make us needy? Uh, Lord, why do we suffer? Why are we frail in so many different ways? Physically, some of us are stronger than others. Emotionally, some of us are undone and it's hard to get out of bed or to face the day. Spiritually, some of us are dry. We've tried to, to muster up prayer. We've tried to open up God's word and it's, it's just silence. We are a needy people. We are a people in need of God. I've had to inform the way I've looked at this, but before I get to the way in which I've informed myself through study and prayer and patience and the Spirit correcting me, I want to go through just a small path of different ways people have interpreted this. Now, I'm kind of inviting you into how I thought through this, okay? This might not sound super preachy. I'm not wanting to elevate myself on this is how Daniel Lawson thinks. But I want us to engage the Scripture with our minds and with our hearts as we open up to this prayer. Uh, Throughout church history, there's been a divide of we can think about this spiritually or physically. Spiritually, there have been those that believe that, well... This bread that's referring to is actually communion, or the Catholics would call it the the Eucharist. They believe that Jesus' body actually becomes bread, and the wine actually becomes his blood. And when we're to ask for this daily bread, Catholics usually interpret this as, and I'm not promoting this. Jeff will get to the doctrine of the Lord's Supper soon. But But they believe this is a prayer that we would partake frequently in the Lord's table. Uh, there's also those that believe that give us this, this, give us this day our daily bread possibly refers to Revelations 2.17 at the messianic banquet when Christ will return and he will now spiritually and physically feed us. There's that spiritual interpretation there. And then there's also that, that physical idea or understanding of this, that food is represented here, that clothing is represented here, that money and drink is represented here in this bread. The easy way to say, oh, it's both. Now, I I want to say in in this bread here, I believe it communicates something spiritually as well as something physically. We just see the word bread, and, and we, we think about, I think about manna in the wilderness, Exodus 16. God's people are hungry. They're whining at him, and he decides to bless him with this substance that comes at the dew of the morning. And they eat this sweet bread, and it satisfies their hunger. And on the Sabbath, he provides for them abundance from yesterday, so they don't have to go out and pick this off of the ground. I've also thought about how God's provided previously through his prophet Elijah. Remember when he's in the wilderness and ravens, birds give him bread as well as meat? There's a lot loaded in just the word bread. Jesus says, I am the bread of life. 
I believe here there's a, a dovetailing of both. That there is for us something to be said for the spiritual as well as the physical. Now, maybe you're like me, and when it comes to asking things of the Lord, especially practical, it's just not comfortable. Maybe you feel guilty. Maybe you don't come to God with your request because you haven't been holy enough this week. You haven't been good enough. You held on to anger against someone. You decide to scroll on your phone instead of do devotions. Maybe you've acted out against your children or your spouse. Maybe you were dishonest. Maybe you slept in instead of going to church. Whatever it might be. You feel like you cannot ask anything of God because you have not been holy enough. Because you haven't been good. And I've shared before, like my tendency when I'm in that boat, when I feel like I'm not good enough, I usually try and do righteous things in a little corner away from God So when I come back, I can say, I have merit, and I can ask of you now. I felt bad about this on my own, or I did something really good for someone, or whatever it might be. And let me tell you, that's not how it works before God. You don't get to come up with your own currency and say, here, now I've paid and atoned for my own sin. He sent Jesus on the cross. That's his currency, holy, righteous blood from the God-man. You have nothing that comes in a close second to it. So you can't go to that corner and create your own spiritual, holy, righteous currency, throw it at him and say, okay, my guilt is gone. That is just Satan deceiving you, and that's you thinking you're righteous apart from Christ, which you are not, which I am not. So you might feel that guilt of, I bring nothing. Amen. Hallelujah. You bring nothing. But a heart that is submissive to a heart that is affectionate. You might feel angry. You might be downright mad at God. You know this need that I have. I have waited, I have prayed, I've read books about it, I've talked to people about it, I've been prayed over about it, I have waited, I have seen other people that haven't struggled with this, it's just plopped right in their lap and it is no longer fair and you're downright angry. Kill that anger, crush it. Are we worthy of God's grace? Grace is a gift. You can't earn grace because then it's not grace anymore. You can earn a wage. You can't earn grace. Humble yourself. That anger might also come from dead faith. You might not be angry anymore. You've just given up. You found out God is only so big. You found out that that God did things in in the good book a long, long time ago. Where God does things for those missionaries overseas. But God doesn't do anything for nobody like me. 
So the needs come to your mind, but you don't bring them to God. I can relate to all those things and more. And when I come to give us this day our daily bread, I'm in need of repentance and I'm in need of strength of faith. Jesus brings his disciples in close and he says, ask of God what you need. The truth of the matter is, it is only by the hand of Almighty God that we are fed. It is only by the hand of Almighty God we will see that we are forgiven. And it's only by the hand of Almighty God that we are delivered. We live in a culture where they are lying to you and saying you can feed yourself. You can take care of yourself. Believe positively in who you are. Make deals with those that are of influence and fight for what is yours. Hoard everything you can. Do not share. Show everything, everyone what you have on HGTV. I'm not condemning it fully. I love, love that network. <laughs> well, you guys watch football. It tells you you can feed yourself. What's wrong with you if you can't feed yourself? How dare you be needy? That is like the worst attribute to have, isn't it? To be needy, to be one that begs, to be one that asks. No, no, no. We will not be that kind of person. We will be independent. We will be self-sufficient. We can take care of ourselves. And I found myself in that trap. Bible trained and all. In that trap of thinking, I want to provide for myself, God. Why did you create me with this hold? with this hole, with this yearning, with this deficiency in and of myself. Instead of thinking, you delight in feeding your son. You delight in me returning to you. You, you desire that relationship. And God is sufficient in and of himself. He did not create us because he was lonely. The triune God in perfect fellowship with himself. Nothing greater in beauty and in majesty. Nothing more splendid than our God. He did not say, you know, I played with a sack of marbles long enough. Maybe I'll create humanity. That's not how it worked. He, out of his abundant love, grace, mercy, creativity, made you and me. Let us go before him and ask. Now we could go on a a little rabbit trail, and I think we will because context affords for it. Some would say, let's make an emphasis on daily in this passage. Well, why don't we? Let's go to verse 31. Jesus, still speaking to his disciples in the Sermon on the Mount, says, Do not worry then, saying, What will we eat? Or what will we drink? Or what will we wear for clothing? For the Gentiles eagerly seek all these things. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of his righteousness. 
and all these things will be added to you. He's not a liar. One more verse. So do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will care for itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Jesus tells us to ask God and then not worry. And I find in myself, sometimes I ask and then I worry. Was it sincere enough? Did you not hear me? Was I not that righteous man who who's availeth much when he asks? Hear this sluggard. God gives out of his benevolence. And if, if you're not faithful with the tasks of the day, he might not provide. He might not. But work unto him and leave the results up to him. He has given you gifts and talents as well as responsibilities and commands. This give us this day our daily bread, we don't just say on the sofa, waiting for just manna to reappear again. That day's over. But we are to be concerned about today. And tomorrow, leave that to God as well as the past. And, and as you do things now, do it in fellowship with him, not in isolation. Now the thing I really want us to focus on is the word us. And I know I mentioned this before previously in this series, but give us this day. This prayer is within the understanding that all of us make a whole. Give us this day our daily bread should alter our prayers and expand them to not just what I need or what just my household needs, but the needs of the body. How can you, WCC, be an answer of prayer to one in the body or to one of the faith? even to a neighbor that is not a God-fearer? How can you, in a way, be an answer to a prayer? And I've thought about this a lot. As I've pastored, I love shut-ins. Particularly the, 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 the elderly ladies, that, that they have so many medical concerns. Other people are handling their finances. Um, where they might live in the next year is unknown. And all they want to talk about is Jesus. I mean, I could spend two, three hours with that person. I, I've spent many a phone calls with a beloved lady that, that I remember very well in Pennsylvania of just hearing her talk and repeating the same topics over and over while touched by an angel in the background at volume 30. <laughs> How can you love on one another? How can you be more concerned about the needs within this church? So yesterday we helped Jeff, and that went by really fast because a bunch of able guys, and Shelby as well, pitching in and carrying big stuff and helping out. Uh, Patrice and Harry gave us a dish not long ago because we were infected. That was a blessing. What are some of the little things you can do? Who here at WCC just needs a friend? 
needs company, companionship. Who here just needs someone they can cry with? Thinking about that, how can you present your life in a way? Not just a moment. How can you pursue maybe even a career or a calling to serve the needs of others? I want to drop a big one and don't feel guilty about this. I, I say this with some breaks on it. How many have ever considered foster care? I mean, there's a need for little kids as well as scary teenagers needing somewhere just to rest their head. What better place for us to serve daily bread than serving the children in our community in a very scary way, but a very important and needful way? How can you give what you have instead of store what you have. And there's nothing wrong with, ha- with acquiring wealth. There's nothing wrong with acquiring land or having mo- beautiful moments of time where you're not running around ragged like some of us might be. But how can you give what you have to satisfy some of the hungers that are among us? I want us to think about that, not just think about not asking too much and just being concerned about today's needs. But how can we please our Lord in serving at the table of others? I believe that is included in Jesus' prayer as he's before these disciples who still wrestle and fight and compete quite a bit, whose faith is still far from perfect who are called disciples but are truly still in the middle of being discipled? How can we grow in this way? I would like to go longer, but I feel I need to end it. So I'm going to end it here, okay? Let's bow in prayer. True and living God, we are made in a way that we cannot sustain ourselves. Lord, in your beautiful plan, you have decided to create men and women with a whole. Father, we pray that we would come to you and ask that you would satisfy our needs. Father, we ask that you would answer the hungering pains that we experience physically, spiritually, emotionally. Father, I pray that you would crush the serpent's head as he would seek to whisper in our ears, you're fine. He's not listening. He doesn't deliver on his promises. But that with faith, we would be vulnerable before you saying, we need you. Open our eyes, open my eyes to seeing in new ways how I need you. And Lord, may you prove yourself mighty to save, generous, giving, as we lay our needs before you. And Lord, may we please be a church that loves each other so well. May you delight in how we seek to care for the hunger pains of those around us. May we bless one another. May we feed one another. 
may you receive glory and honor from it. We ask this in Christ's name. Amen.